What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we dive back into our Halloween a thon 2022. Woo! Woo! Spooky! <laughs> Halloween. Halloween! Michael Myers is coming after you. Myers, the shape. <laughs> the shape. He's back. Uh, he's back for five through eight. Mm-hmm. And we are on to what I will call the Halloween struggle years, <laughs> um, tentatively. Is that <laughs> is that what these uh, this set of movies is considered? Um, me being the Halloween newbie for those who are new. I mean, I don't want to speak for the people, but I will say I think a chunk of the movies that we're covering today are kind of when I think most people considered Halloween falling off the wagon a little bit. I think maybe some people potentially might throw four in there. Um, But I do know that compared to um, some of the movies we're going to be talking about today, four is is definitely much better. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No (laughs) questions asked. Oh, yeah. Um, But obviously, we're getting into some Halloween meat, some pumpkin pumpkin chunks again which means Mm -hmm. that if you guys listened to our last episode you know we've got a lot to say um so not too much of an intro going on today however um one thing to mention is that um Roshane has been afflicted by by the curse of thorn (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna honestly say i think after talking all that shit about curse of the witch i think the witch cursed me um, yeah. because as you guys can, I'm sure very much tell a little under the weather, we're still here. We're still, uh, recording and doing the thing, but yeah, we, we big sick. Yeah. Uh, to be fair though, I do think there's something going around right now. Cause I know a lot of people are also sick. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it's nice that my suffering is not alone, but, uh, I'm still excited to talk about these movies today, especially cause we're getting into some uncharted territory for me yes. now. And that'll be fun. And also, also, um, we'll talk about a little bit later, but some familiar territory, too, I realized after rewatching one of these. Ooh, okay. Very exciting. I have no idea which one he's talking about. But yes, this is the like five through eight. This Halloween-a-thon, this is the one that I've been waiting for. This is the one that I've been excited for since we came up with the idea. Don't get me wrong. Any excuse to rewatch the Halloweens and also just to see you or like hear you watch them through mostly for the first time is very exciting to me but oh my god i have been waiting all week to talk about these ones (laughs) so without further ado we are going to go ahead and jump right in we're coming hot off the heels of where we left you the spine chilling ending of halloween 4 where jamie lloyd (laughs) stabbed her her foster mother (laughs) while wearing a clown costume in the bathroom and loomis absolutely lost his shit (laughs) from there we're going straight into halloween 5 revenge of michael myers right (laughs) yes okay okay (laughs) 
Um, all right, homies, we are entering into spoiler territory. So you have been warned, but first we are going to be talking about Halloween five, the revenge of Michael Myers. This movie was directed by Dominic Othenan Gerard, written by Michael Jacobs with aid from Dominic and Shem Bitterman, starring Donald Pleasance coming back as Loomis, Danielle Harris as Jamie, Ellie Cornell as Rachel, and Don Shanks as The Shape of Michael Myers. Following the events of the fourth movie, Michael managed to escape his fall down the mine shaft and is found by an old hermit who takes him in. One year later, Michael awakens, kills the hermit, and makes his way back to Haddonfield. Jamie has been admitted to a children's clinic after attacking her foster mother. Now mute and telepathically linked to Michael, Jamie has nightmares of her uncle's return. Michael makes his way back to town and murders Jamie's foster sister, Rachel. He then sets his eyes on her friend, Tina, who is preparing for a big Halloween party that night. After killing and impersonating Tina's boyfriend, Michael makes his way to the party where he kills Tina's friends and two police officers. He hunts down Tina, but Jamie arrives with her friend Billy to warn her. But despite their best efforts, Tina is killed. Now working with the police in Loomis, Jamie helps set a trap for Michael back at his home. The plan goes south and Jamie is nearly killed by Michael. But with the help of Loomis, they are able to knock out and capture Michael. Unfortunately, later at the police station, a man in black sets off an explosion, freeing Michael and leaving Jamie alone and afraid. Roll credits. Okay, so Halloween mm -hmm. 5, we're coming, like I said, hot off the heels of my favorite of the Halloween films. Mm-hmm. I'm out here, I'm over here, spouting praises. I'm giving <laughs> Jamie all of her accolades. I'm talking about Rachel and how they did it in the streets and did it in the sheets and how I love all that. <laughs> I'm giving it my all. And then Halloween 5 comes through town. Oh, damn. And kind of shits on everything I had said. <laughs> It does not take away from Halloween 4. However, as a continuation, a straight continuation of the story that we have been given prior, it's kind of a what the fuck moment for me. Uh-huh. I mean... I, I mean, that's understandable. <laughs> that is actually fully understandable. Um, especially, like, we'll get into the notes in a second, but going back to something that you said last episode, and people who listen will remember this, you talked about how the ending with Jamie and her choice and how little that affected the fifth movie. Um, I heard you. I listened, and I was prepped for that when I went into this movie. But nobody gave a damn that she attacked her foster mother. Like, not a single person. It 
doesn't It doesn't matter. matter. It don't matter at all. Why was it in there? It's so irrelevant because by having an ending like that, they give you the assumption that Jamie is potentially going to be evil or is going to be battling this feeling in some way battling mini little michael something like that she's gonna be fighting against the michael gene that is apparently coursing through this bloodline and then we get to this one and jamie has completely forgotten not only has she forgotten (laughs) what happened but apparently everyone around her has besides the people in the town who are still upset about it but the fact the whole thing with her her foster mother becomes so irrelevant in this film because even if you got rid of that ending, like even if none of that had happened, it you still could have had Jamie be in the position that she's in. The whole point is that she's just traumatized from the events. Right. Not that she's traumatized from hurting her foster mother because like I said, Jamie doesn't fucking remember that that even no, happened. She, it was all a dream for her. And now I, to my understanding though, they frame it in such a way as that she attacked and not killed her foster mother. Yeah. So her foster mother is still alive. She is alive. They just left. <laughs> they said, you know what? Forget you and your Pokemon <laughs> little uncle. We're going to leave. Her the, Her parents have left. But Rachel is still kind of checks in on her and, and takes care of her to some capacity. Got it. Okay, that's fair enough. Just wanted to get that out of the way because, like, that's like the first thing that pops into the head, um, especially after that being the last moments yeah. of four. Um, but okay, now we, we can talk about the other stuff now. I just have to get that out of the way real quick. <laughs> well, I know. So, one thing I've, homies, as we've been redoing these, because I've watched for the most part these movies so much, I haven't really been taking notes. However, I know that you have. So, oh, yeah. I will probably be asking you exclusively on each movie, Roshane, what is in your notebook? Well, um, since I have quite a few notes, uh, (laughs) we will start with, first off, these off-center title cards are triggering my OCD. I don't know why. It's such a small thing. But, like, compared to the other, because we gave praises about, you know, the original Halloween and that that opening sequence and how it just kind of, like, leads you into things. Like, now, by the time we hit five, it's just, like... We'll get the occasional pumpkin, mm-hmm. but it'll mostly be like a black screen with just people's names on it. And for some reason, they just decided to do this like, we're going to start in the middle, then we're going to move to the right, yeah. then we're going to move to the left, then we're going to shimmy back to the right, <laughs> and then we're going to cha-cha Two back now, to the y'all. left. I'm like, <laughs> time, let's go. I need y'all, <laughs> like, I need y'all to pick one yeah. of these goddamn font styles, but um, overall... It annoyed me. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, I am not a fan. Well, I was not a fan. And I know that's nitpicky, but like it was just like compared no. to the other ones, it it just felt like now I, it feels like it feels almost forced. I don't know. Like I don't like that energy going into the fifth one. It feels like we're just kind of here. We're like, all right, we're back again. Telling the story for the fifth time. You know what it is? It's giving lazy energy because mm, we've mm-hmm. been so impressed. One of the biggest things about Halloween is that score. And every single time that those movies starts and you see the opening and you hear that music, 
it just already immediately you're sucked in and you can't have it where oh in the beginning we're praising that and then i feel like they just assumed that they could kind of keep riding off of that high but Mm -hmm. maybe not with this (laughs) what is this what are we doing and you know what don't come don't come in like this especially because it's so bizarre the opening is so feels so disjointed because <laughs> cuz it's like we get that and then we get flashbacks of what happened mm-hmm. in the previous film which isn't you know no brand new for this series they did something very similar for the second one flashbacks to the first to kind of remind you of what had yeah. happened which i i like and i think that's a good which, idea yeah especially if you're doing fine. this like right after the other one yeah you should do that why not but then but i don't know having that mixed in with the lackluster opening scene and then watching michael like slip and slide on his tummy <laughs> down a hill and be carried off gently by the river like he's <laughs> He's floating on the lazy river. It's it's weird. And and I have to give it to it's very clearly this gentle stream is probably not quite powerful enough to propel this large man. And Mm -hmm. so he kind of has to like push himself amongst the rocks for a minute (laughs) until the water picks up. And it just looks pretty silly. It's like I don't want to. I don't want to re-meet Michael like this. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> that's. I mean, that's fair. And I mean, since you brought up the flashback, um, I had a couple questions. Okay. Um, first one being, uh, so in the fourth one, when Michael mm-hmm. gets run over, is it so clearly a mannequin in the fourth <laughs> one, like it is in the flashback, or did they like reshoot that? I was so confused. I feel like usually don't they just take the clip from the previous movie and just reuse it? Yeah, that's what. And so <laughs> I'm under the assumption. And to be fair, I didn't go back and like double check it. But like I'm under the assumption that that was just pulled directly from the fourth one. Right. But when I watched it in the fourth one, it didn't strike me so hard that like, oh, OK, um, clearly they're going to hit a mannequin for this stunt. Like when I was watching, it, I was like, oh, no, she you know, she hit Michael. This right. one. It is very, very clear that there is Obvious. no one underneath that mask. Well, but also in the in the fourth one, that's like the big finale. You've watched an hour and 20 minutes of this back and forth. So I feel like you're much more immersed than uh, when they you know, start the movie true. off. And it's like, mannequin hit. And you're <laughs> like, what? That's the beginning of the movie. So you haven't had a chance to like reacclimate to this universe. Okay, fair, <laughs> fair, fair. Um, but then the other, the other two notes I have here is one is very, what a convenient way for him to escape. Like that was the most convenient underground tunnel I've ever seen in all of my days. And then two, the hermit, my guy, this man literally walked in and tried to choke you out. And your response is to nurse him back to health for yeah. a year? Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm confused. I'm I'm truly confused. Yeah. He's like, maybe he's a good guy. Maybe. <laughs> maybe I'm going to give this. I'm going to give this guy a chance. And also, too, you know, what's wild about that is that presumably Michael Blade unconscious 
in this hermit's home for a year. For a year. He laid like Sleeping Beauty in this hermit's (laughs) home. And he said... I believe he'll come back to life one day. Didn't call for help. Didn't go to try, just drop this man off at the hospital. Do nothing. He just said, I guess that's, I guess I have a new roommate. He's kind of <laughs> weird, but you know, it is what it is for a year. And I don't think I've ever really clocked in on that until this previous rewatch. And the fact that it's like, wait a minute, if this takes place on Halloween, then this has the to be a year, year later. Um, that's, weird <laughs> like michael was legitimately just resting regenerating trying to get back to his like girl boss era mm-hmm. i guess and then and then how as halloween approached it, the power <laughs> started to fill his body again <laughs> look to be fair we don't know the hermit's backstory you know maybe the right. hermit just lost somebody precious to him you know maybe he had like a pet frog or something that just recently passed away he's feeling vulnerable yeah lonely then this big hulking figure just stumbles upon his little shed. And, you know, his, his I don't know, his, his, he, he gains some semblance of camaraderie, companionship from Michael. I don't know what grasping. possessed this man. You are grasping at stars I know, right now. <laughs> I am, I really am. But I'm just like, how do you let somebody lay in your house for a year, my guy? But he was committed. And I mean, and that's the thing. It's like Michael would have been fine anywhere. I just, right. it's just so funny when you think about, like when you start to think too deeply about what Michael does with his time in between Halloweens, it gets to be a little bit ridiculous. You kind of just mm-hmm. try and forget that. But I feel like this is the most in my face it's been where Mans was just in a long nap for <laughs> 364 <laughs> days. And now my petty ass, you know, I'd be pissed in the afterlife if I help somebody out for a whole year and they finally wake up and just straight snap my neck. That's 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 uncalled for. Oh, my God. I'd be so mad, (laughs) especially when I got to when I got to the afterlife and I was like, oh, I'm waiting for him at the door. And they're like, actually, he can't die. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, so I can't even beat the shit out of him. In my afterlife, I just, that's it. He just gets to walk the earth for eternity. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So savage. I'm like, bring me, reincarnate me. Give me about 30 years and I'll come back. I want want round two. (laughs) I want another chance. Um, But then, all right, jumping from that, the flashback stuff, we're back in, we're a year later, we're in present day and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, This nurse, man. She's she's a lot. She's a lot. The the nurse that's helping Jamie. Yeah. Um, cause like she's got this vibe, like she she's very motherly. She's a little smothering. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, she's there, she's attentive. But some of the things she says sometimes, like at one point she drops a line like, Oh, do you want me to call your mom? I'm like, hey yo. <laughs> That's messed up. <laughs> I think, yeah, she's just trying. And that's the thing that kind of everybody does throughout this movie. It, it's it's a little bit hard to really know how deeply the parents are still involved because we never see them. Anytime that mm. they're 
mentioned is kind of in passing. So it's very, very hard to know whether they actually do still care about Jamie or if they just fair. completely pushed her aside. But lots of people say that. I mean, Rachel makes a comment, too, where she's like, mom and dad send their love. It's like, do they or did they did they send a big fuck you note to to Jamie and and say don't don't speak about it? And Rachel yeah. is like, ah, they love you. Because like, like motherly love is strong, but I feel like it does have a limit, and I think that limit is trying to stab you in the bathtub, right? Several times after I've drawn you a bath, after <laughs> I've put in this this like care this tlc for you yeah i don't so it's very hard to tell and they don't really explain it in this movie it 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 feels like the parents are not really involved but so it's hard to tell if people are saying that because she kind of is like under the impression that things are okay or if they're saying that because they are okay it's very very Mm -hmm. hard to tell which I feel like out of a lot of these movies, this one to me has the the clunkiest setup in the sense of like, I feel like they just want us to just immediately jump into this state of Jamie and all of the things that are going on without having to go too, too much in depth, which I honestly normally maybe wouldn't be that big of a deal. But for me in this movie, it just feels so off. It just everything about it feels weird. Oh, here's Tina, Rachel's best friend that we've never heard about before. And she is best friends with Jay. Like, here's Tina and we're going to follow her. And not only that, but. Rachel and Tina, the way that they talk when they're visiting Jamie makes it feel like they have not been visiting her for the past year. They just decided to visit her today. And like, because the way that they're discussing things makes it feel like they have not been there for her progress. They're now just discovering that she she doesn't remember anything and blah, da, 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 da. And Loomis has lost the plot. Loomis Absolutely. is at his highest manic in this movie this man is ready to choke jamie out he has no business being around children in this state like literally none i every time he's in a room with jamie i fear for her safety i'm like why are y'all letting this man within 20 feet of this child he is off his gourd and i've given praise to loomis because he's still just a fun character to follow for me Mm -hmm. um but it was this movie where I started thinking, I was like, if this has always like been Loomis low key, is all of this really Michael's fault? Or did he just like terrorize that poor boy into his current state? Because if I was Jamie, I'd be afraid of Loomis too. Yeah, Loomis is skulking around this child's hospital consistently day in and day out. He's just there he always comes and sits next to her and is like really aggressively because at this point in time that this is another thing that's irritating how it's like oh we're just supposed to accept things are the way they are loomis is very aware that jamie is telepathically connected to her uncle and that's fine (laughs) you gotta help me jamie you got to help me to find him. We both know he's alive. But you know where he is. Why? Why are you protecting him? What about your stepmother, Jamie? 
You love her, don't you? He made you stab her. You can't hide from him. He'll always get to you. Jamie, Jamie, listen. Today in the cemetery, somebody dug up a coffin. It was a coffin of a nine-year-old girl. What do you think he's going to do with that? Huh? You're nine years old. Aren't you, Jamie? Dr. Loomis, leave the little girl alone. Tears won't get you anywhere. Help me to find him. We'll find him together. There's a reason why he has this power over you. Did you ever wonder what it is? For him, that's that's totally okay. It's he's really using that to his advantage or trying to use that to his advantage and I, I i mean obviously this is like the beginning of when we start to get introduced to the supernatural element and then we like right. very 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 gently get introduced to this man in black situation <laughs> but, barely <laughs> barely but it it feels like they threw so much of it into this one it's like all of this setup that it just feels so disjointed to me in a way. Yeah. It's too much information over the course of just the one film. And I feel like what another thing about this one too is what I really love about Michael, what makes him such a great and scary villain is that he is just this unstoppable force that is led by evil. And he's so strong. He's, everywhere but the thing about him that's different than maybe a jason or a freddy is he has no weaknesses mm -hmm. he, we've never been told or shown a weakness that michael has he doesn't have one that's why it's so scary is because maybe you can you can tap into their humanity and the things that scare them but michael doesn't have any of that right and then in this one they start to introduce this aspect of his character where i'm like don't tell me this. Don't show me this. This is too, you're trying to put too much into it. And mm -hmm. also too, they like have that moment where Jamie like calls him uncle and it makes and, him stop. Right. It's like, what? Like short circuits. Yeah. It, it's like, and then he, he sheds a single tear. <laughs> Why? Why? For what? For what, what you, Now purpose? you're sad. 30 bodies in. You're like, damn, you're like, maybe damn. I did the wrong thing. Like, damn, I guess I am her uncle, huh? It's like you already <laughs> knew that. That's the whole reason you've been trying to kill her for two movies. But she says it to you and she asks you to take your mask off. And now all of a sudden you're the Phantom of the Opera. It's touching your soul. You're like, wow, right? somebody then, really does care. <laughs> and then despite how like wild he is, but I love him, Loomis, um, what is this idea that Loomis gets away with just having full on conversations with Michael and not getting beheaded ever? Like, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, they're giving Michael. This is the movie where they start to step into that Michael K 
can be slowed down or you can reason with him or you can talk. And like with Loomis, <laughs> Loomis, I'm a little bit more loosey goosey on just because I'm like he has a he's I guess out of everyone had the longest relationship with Michael. Fair, Maybe knows fair. how to like push his buttons. But still, that was ridiculous. And he like mm -hmm. tries to take the knife from Michael's hands. Loomis. Like, Come on now. How did you how did you see that situation going any other way? Anyway, I mean, let's let's be dead ass serious for a minute, Loomis, <laughs> and really re uh, re look at what we were doing. Um because for the most part, Loomis is very realistic with the fact that he knows that Michael is so 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 strong and mm -hmm. i feel like he always treats michael as a weapon as a force of nature and he's very careful about that and and maybe in this one they're trying to say oh well he's reached the end of his rope so he's trying everything mm -hmm. but i mean even with him picking up jamie and and holding her in front of him and and going here she is here she is don't you want her Loomis? What are you doing? Yeah, you were holding what? a poor girl hostage. Like, <laughs> at some point, we got it. So, at some point, these officers need to look at Loomis and be like, "Do we need to lock you up, my guy?" Should we arrest uh, you? Because I feel like we should. I feel like we need an extra pair of handcuffs on deck at all times for Loomis. Yeah, because he he does get away with so much, especially by the fifth one. Like, not even just strictly this movie but if we look at loomis's track record of like pulling guns on u.s marshals um ruining uh police radio devices yeah. <laughs> in the midst of a plan like this man is just a complete and utter just wild card that honestly we don't need that energy right now like we just need to get this man michael under wraps right because we can't have both Loomis running wild through the streets and Michael. It's too much for the Haddonfield police force to take. <laughs> they, they lose it. They, there's only so many men that they can keep recruiting when they die each movie. I was going to say, yo, does the, does the police force get annihilated every Basically. single year? Do they have to get a whole new police force? Dude, back to back, four and five, the entire police unit is eviscerated. <laughs> It's wild. Two years in a row. How is I'm, anybody applying for that job still? Bro, I'll be damned. If I lived in Haddonfield and I had any relative who was like, I think I want to be a police officer. I'd be like, bitch, you better move. Don't do it here. Don't do it here. Because you're going to be smooth dead in about a... And next Halloween rolls around, you're dead. But um, this movie also has a very strange tone to it. Mm -hmm. It kind of flip-flops between really cheesy comical moments and then these really serious emotional moments like the police uh -huh. officers that that's the most ridiculous i've ever seen them make characters yeah. the they even clown had, like, music the, the clown <laughs> yeah. music in the background i was like what is this like what what direction are we going in right now i'm so, I'm so confused but the disrespect of it is rachel a character a beloved character that we saw absolutely fight tooth and nail for her and her sister's life in the previous mm -hmm. film 
calls these, calls Bozo and Bebop the Clown to come and check her house. They check it and they say, oh, it's all good. And then they go mozi on out. And then she dies right after that. That's so disrespectful. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I was I was honestly like I understand killing Rachel, but I was right. kind of pissed about that because like I did enjoy Rachel as a character. Tina and all her friends, bruh, I <laughs> honestly could not wait for all of them. I to was about go. to say, I know a lot of people hate Tina's character. That's the biggest like, one of the biggest things I've heard with this movie is people hate Tina. <laughs> God, like, I just couldn't stand her. And, like, look, the party girl energy that she has, I understand that is that is people, that is a person. Um, and I get her vibe, but just, like, every time we were with her and her crew, I was just rooting for Michael. I'll be real. I was like, can we please just eviscerate this group and get back to the, to the matter at hand? Mm-hmm. Por favor. I weirdly don't mind Tina. I don't know why. I'm weirdly okay with her and and her friend group mainly. And it's probably because I know that they die. So I'm like, it is what it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, weir- I'm okay with their characters. I think the biggest issue that I have with this movie, because I'm going to come out and say, although this movie to me is a mess, I don't dislike this movie. I still mm-hmm. enjoy it for what it is. Um, yeah. And I think it's because... The story of Jamie is is really fun to me, and I think Daniel Harris is doing does a really great job in this movie. I think for what mm-hmm. she's given and the and the shit that they're having her do is is fairly ridiculous. But she's kind of eaten she's kind of eating it up. Like I like no, she's she doing a really good job. But with what they've given Jamie, splitting that between tina and the other girls and you've already taken out rachel it just feels like i don't like the way that the time gets dispersed in this film i feel like it's a very odd kind of split up because the stuff that we get with jamie is just like not they could have done so much more with her character but i feel like because they knew they were gonna have to split her time with these other teenagers it's like they don't do anything with her until the very end. Like yeah. the rest of the time, she's just kind of having visions and being yelled at by Loomis. And then finally she escapes <laughs> the the hospital. And mm-hmm. then by that point, I mean, we only have like 20 minutes left in the movie. I will say I do love her whole thing before the whole uncle situation. I do yeah. always love her kind of chase with michael throughout the house yeah, i think that chase great. sequence is great yeah the whole shoot thing is ridiculous that she made out of that <laughs> yeah. alive but still an awesome sequence nonetheless yeah. so i love all of that but i just wish that they had given her more to do considering that this story is is about her it, it reminds me of the same issue i had with one and two how it's like well this story still feels like it should be about Lori. But mm-hmm. we only get Lori for a little while and her time is split with these other characters. Like, that's how I feel about this one is is Jamie's time gets split with these other characters that some a lot of people don't even like. Like a lot of people get irritated by these characters. <laughs> so we're watching them just kind of yeah. run around for however long until we finally get back to Jamie. And for my fellow haters out there, um, I, I mean, I didn't like the group. Tina. 
I dislike Tina, but I really just hated her friends way, way more. Tina, I could I could take in doses. Mm-hmm. I absolutely hated her friend group. But I think my issue is, especially when we get to like the scene where like she sacrifices herself and all that stuff. I just feel like it would have felt so much more impactful and strong if that was Rachel in that moment. You know what I yes. mean? Yes. I don't know why they killed Rachel so early. Like that was, I know you like at this point we like to kill off the previous like big uh, heroine or like final girl and then, you know, move forward. I get that. But like for this one, it just felt like such a pivotal piece got lost really, really early. Mm -hmm. And I think we'll actually talk about that later in this episode too. But uh, it just, for me, it took away from the story. And it's just like, by the time I was acclimated to where we were in this kind of like disjointed romp that we're in right now. The movie is already over, like you said, Mm -hmm. and we're already like in the house doing the final sequences. So it's just like, I feel like this movie for me, what hurt it a lot was it just felt like it was trying to make its way to Halloween six as opposed to like living in Halloween five. And I think because of that, they just tried to put way too much stuff in there. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest ones being this man in black, which we'll save. We'll save that for the Halloween six discussion. Right. But yeah, we'll get back to him for sure. But no, agreed. It's 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 the found. It's, it feels like a foundation laying movie, which feels weird considering it's a continuation of a foundation laying <laughs> movie. It's like, yeah, bitch, the house has been built. <laughs> Why are we building another one? <laughs> like, just go with what you have, because what you had was interesting. Um, but yeah. I mean, Michael Myers' mask in this one looks like he got a facelift. His shit looks taped back. It looks like... Truly. Why is it so like... (laughs) (laughs) Like his cheekbones are all the way back and looks like like he got stapled to his forehead. This is definitely one of my least favorite masks, (laughs) for sure. This mask was not serving the the looks that I needed it to. Um, Also, there was a lot of bad ADR in this one. I don't know why, but there are so, so many sequences of bad ADR that I just could not overlook. Yeah, something got messed up along the way a lot in this movie. And so, yeah, lots of ADR. Um, another random thing that's always bothered me about this movie is, um, why does Jamie look beat the fuck up after just running through a field? Right. Why does she, she look like a black eye? She has, she's got black eye. Blood. She's got like a cut across the top of her face. There's blood all down her arm. There's blood on her neck. It looks same thing with Billy too. Yeah. He just he just did a little mini dive roll, and that man looked like he just fell out of a building. Yes, Billy looks like he just escaped from Fight Club, and like <laughs> Jamie looks like she's been destroyed by Michael. When really all she did was jump out of the way of the car. Same thing for Billy. He just jumps out of the way of the car. And I don't know why they both look like they've been through the ringer. I wonder if they hit the kids with the car at some point and decided, you know what? Maybe that was too much. <laughs> they, uh, they were like, oh, we have to pull that back. What if they missed them with the car? And they were like, well, we already <laughs> put the makeup on. They're like, ah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. No one will notice. But um, Loomis, Loomis um, dies in this one. LOL. Oh. You bitch, you thought. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, RIP? This is, um, this is death fake out number two for Loomis. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. come on, guys. Come on. Again, at this point, he must be related to Michael because he just keeps coming back. I'm saying. 
at this point, I believe he is the leader of the curse of Thorn. <laughs> the way my mans can handle heart attacks, explosions. Like, come on, dog. Yeah, he got like gutted through his chest. He was like, oh, I'm oh, fine. Yeah, I can, yeah. I, I could still beat Michael with this plank, which, I, to be fair, there was something kind of cathartic about watching Loomis just beat Michael's ass for a little die. bit. I will say that. Die. <laughs> die. <laughs> like, oh, God. Um, but, and again, because we got we to gotta move through a couple more movies, won't harp too much on it. But why tranquilize? At this point, why don't you just kill him? I wonder yeah i wonder if it's just one of those things where he was like i've never tried knocking him out <laughs> um so i was so i and, and i mean for the most part it wasn't a bad idea to maybe just like tranquilize him and then put him in jail or some kind of maximum security whatever had the men in black not come along maybe that would have been fine but also mm -hmm. at the same time we've got to figure out a better way to transport michael than just driving him somewhere because evidently this man can break out of anything um yeah. so let's try something new <laughs> <laughs> but yeah overall like for all for all the the quips and, and jokes like Five isn't the worst thing in the world, mm -hmm. and it's not my least favorite of them. There were just like a lot of issues that were kind of glaring in this one, and I don't know why they stuck out as much as they did, but they did, and it did sour the experience a little bit. But I mean, it was still fun, and I was still enjoying being in the universe. Um, but then we got to Halloween six, yeah. Five, <laughs> yes. So, once again, five is a continuation into. Six, which is the curse yeah the curse <laughs> of michael myers and the curse of something that i had to watch uh, this <laughs> week but let's go ahead and talk about halloween six or just halloween the curse of michael myers this one coming to us in 1995 this one was directed by joe chappelle uh written by Daniel Farrens with some edits, though, from Joe Chappelle, which we'll talk about later, uh, starring Donald Pleasance coming back as Loomis, Paul Rudd as Tommy Doyle, Marianne Hagen as Kara Strode, Mitchell Ryan as Dr. Wynn, and George P. Wilbur and Michael Lerner as The Shape of Michael Myers. It's been six years since the events of the fifth movie. Both Jamie and Michael were taken by the man in black, and the now 15-year-old Jamie has just given birth to a child. Trapped by a druid-like cult, Jamie manages to steal her baby and escape into the night. On her way back home, Jamie pleads for help on the radio, and she is attacked and killed by Michael, but the baby is nowhere to be found. Back in Haddonfield, Tommy Doyle, one of the children Lori babysat, now lives in a boarding house across the street from the Myers home, which is now occupied by relatives of the Strode family. Loomis has retired and lives on the outskirts of Haddonfield, but upon hearing Jamie on the radio, returns to town to track down Michael. 
Tommy manages to locate Jamie's baby and warns Kara Strode and her son Danny to stay out of the house for Halloween. Michael returns to Haddonfield and murders most of Kara's family before setting his sights on her and her son. Tommy tries to uncover the secret behind Michael's motives, but he and Kara are ambushed by the cult at the boarding home. The cult is revealed to be led by Dr. Wynne, one of Loomis's colleagues from Smith's Grove, and he plans to harness Michael's power using Jamie's baby. They take Kara and the baby to Smith's Grove and prepare to operate, but Michael appears and kills everyone. Meanwhile, Tommy and Loomis infiltrate Smith's Grove, and Tommy helps save Kara, Danny, and baby Steven. The group flee the sanitarium, but Loomis stays behind to confront Michael, and we end with his scream echoing in the distance. Roll credits. Okay, um, so out of all of them that I've seen before, out of all the Halloweens that I've seen before, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this one is the one that I have seen the least. I have only okay. seen it once. Ah. And I can see why, honestly. <laughs> the once was enough for me personally. I will say, just to, we can talk about it now. So there's a producer's cut version yep. of this film, and then there's the theatrical cut. Right. I watched, I've never seen the producer's cut. I've only ever okay. watched the theatrical cut because the first time I watched it was, I think it was on TV. And then the second mm -hmm. time I rented it just now and and i got the theatrical cut because i assume that's the version that most people will have seen but also too i think it's important with the that because the theatrical cut is like the one that most people are aware of because that's what people would have seen in theaters i think it's important to talk about that one because the whole thing with the producer's cut is that the scenes that were cut out of that film for the theatrical cut left huge plot holes. And so mm -hmm. the audience that would have seen the six were left with these plot holes. I think it's important to talk about it because that's the movie that they ended up presenting to us. Like, yeah, that's the Which way is it fair. is. <laughs> and I, this was my first time watching this one, so I'd never seen it. And I watched the theatrical one because I also assumed like that'd probably be the one that we'd be watching mm -hmm. um, overall just as a collective. So I was like, oh, I'll choose this one. Um, but man, I mean, without even going into the notes, what happened, dude? <laughs> well, yeah. And I mean, they, so they did a screening for the movie and... From that screening, they did like revisions and and reshoots and ended up with what we have. But because they had to alter things, they just like cut shit out that left huge holes. And also Donald Donald Pleasance had passed away by the time they started doing the reshoots. Yeah, that is true. So um, and he, wasn't he also like kind of sick while they were filming filming as well? I, I think so. And so. So like the ending that we have, the reason that it is the way that it is, is because obviously they couldn't, they didn't want to use the ending that they already had, right. but they couldn't shoot anything new with him. And so we're left with literally the screams of Loomis <laughs> is all we're left with. And 
it's kind of a bummer because that's really the last time that we see Donald Pleasance in this role. Like our last memory of the character is literally just him walking back into a building and then screaming. Yeah. It's, it's such a letdown for like such a journey um, with the character and with the actor, you know, RIP to Donald Pleasance for um, this time. But it, yeah, it was, man, Six is not good, dude. I'm going to come out and say it right now. Six is an absolute mess. There's a lot of things wrong with it. Um, One right thing is baby Paul Rudd. I wasn't expecting that to come Mm -hmm. out of nowhere. Yes. And I think what is he credited as like Paul Stephen Rudd? Because (laughs) this was like the beginning of his career. This wasn't technically this wasn't the first film that he would have been seen in. It's the first film that he ever filmed like the first movie that he ever filmed however clueless ended up coming out before so technically people would have seen him in that first and then this one and i so i i assume at this point in time he didn't quite know what he wanted his stage name to be if he wanted it to be like his full name Mm -hmm. (laughs) or just paul run um but yeah we have him as tommy doyle who we had last seen screaming and running for his life in the first one. (laughs) Okay, so what they've done with Tommy in this one, he is very, very different than the kid that we met. And he's very different as a college kid, I suppose he's meant to be, Um, which isn't a bad way to go. I don't think it's bad for them to make him to change his personality because I do think he probably would have changed as a result of what happened. Yeah, he'd be a little messed up after everything. However, I will never, I will never normally say this because I freaking love Paul Rudd. But he's Paul rudding it up in this movie in places that I don't think are appropriate. It's like, Mm, mm -hmm. it's a battle of the Tommy Doyle that they've written and Paul Rudd as a human being are like battling each other in this movie. And it's, and it comes, so therefore this character comes off as a very strange, almost like heckle and jive or Jekyll Jekyll and Hyde character. (laughs) I knew what you meant. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's honestly, it's very true. And like, it feels like from scene to scene, even, even sometimes moment to moment, like that character will change pretty drastically. And I never know how much of that is like Paul Rudd, how much of that is the script, like how much of that is just like the situations. But it's it's kind of hard to follow at times. And now, granted, I have a very, uh, too, I have a very soft spot for Paul Rudd. So while I was watching, I was just like, I'm cool with whatever you're doing right now. This is fine. Um, also, with like the amount of things that this movie is asking you to take in, from like the the cult to the to Tommy's whole situation to Jamie, who oh my that God. whole that whole thing. One, the fact that she's 15 just like ah uh, made me really fucking grossed out. Yeah. Um, did not support that, but I, like y'all really could have just made her 18 or so, like y'all, the, the amount of time was up to you. You got to right. pick, like it did. She didn't have to be the age that she was when that happened. But regardless, like that all happens. I will say, I will say her death. Pretty, Dude, pretty cool. It's her, pretty good death. Her death is awesome. It's also the most 
violent death that we've seen Michael inflict on someone up to this point. Yeah. And I thought it was pretty wild that they did that with the character of Jamie, who we have kind of seen throughout the years and and seen her be so successful. And the way that Michael destroys her, it's actually pretty wild. I yeah. mean, he he annihilates this girl <laughs> and we just sit there and watch the whole thing happen. I think especially in comparison to even just the other deaths that we get in this movie, I would say maybe the only other one that I could think of that's that's pretty intense is the dad getting electrocuted, but mm-hmm. still in comparison to Jamie, that's like that's nothing. Yeah, it's really not. And now granted, I do think that his kills did ramp up in a couple places in this movie. Mm-hmm. It is yeah, it's very surprising that especially after that whole like uncle situation in the last one that he just be like, "You know what?" I'm going to ruin your entire existence with this death. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it was, I mean, character wise, I was like, dang, that sucks. But like coming into the movie for just like kills and gore, I was like, okay, if this is what is to be expected for the entire movie, I'm kind of here for this. Um, But it it wasn't really, you know, like I feel like that one was really like they, they really threw their biggest one at the beginning and then there were a couple cooler, cool ones later on. But I think for the most part, they it just took like a backwards trend after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, I mean, this movie really starts to dive into what that whole Men in Black situation was. Yeah. And we discover that there's this whole cult. And the cult's purpose is to basically get little kids and just kind of influence them to be evil and to turn them into these killing machines is basically what the cult does. Now they're saying that's what happened. Michael was influenced by the thorn cult and that is why he killed his sister um, is because the thorn cult is doing what it does to Danny, who is our other little kid character in this, who is kind of starting to, um, have visions of the cult, which also that's like that's another thing. I just that whole subplot with Danny, I feel like that goes nowhere. Yeah, it, it really means, once goes again, nowhere. Nothing. Um, the whole thing. So Tommy is kind of been waiting for Michael Myers to come back. So then that's a whole other thing that he has been preparing for Michael to come back. He doesn't believe that Michael has died, which. He's right. That's another thing. In this movie, everybody, <laughs> like everybody, um, acts like Michael should be dead, even yeah. though they know that he escaped from the police. Like, yeah, there's like, there's like half half a plot of oh he died in an explosion, and then half a plot of like no he was never found along with Jamie. Yeah. And it seemed to be common knowledge. So it was just very confusing that the town was just like, eh, we ain't seen him in a while. Let's have Halloween again. It's fine. It's like, how many times has this man come back from the dead now? At least six. (laughs) So why? Why are we just thinking, oh, yeah, it's fine. We'll just we'll have. Yeah, because that's another thing is that 
Halloween does not happen. They like banned Halloween basically in this town. I'm like, even if you guys don't celebrate, Halloween is still going to happen on the calendar year. Um, right. I think that's all that matters to Michael. It's just that Halloween rolls around. Not that you guys put pumpkins out. Like, I don't think that's the issue. Um, but then there's another story about the Strode family. So yeah, the side the the family that was related to Lori's foster parents have now moved into the Myers house and nobody in their family dis- but despite being related to Lori Strode, Strode in some capacity nobody in the family besides the dad knew about Michael Myers and no one in that neighborhood, no neighbor, no, no, nobody would have ever mentioned that to anyone in the Strode family. Like, even in passing, even in jest, no one would have said it. I, I, I'm sorry, I don't believe. I don't believe. It's the fucking reason you can't have Halloween in the <laughs> town that you live in. You never thought, wow, why is this? And it's even the the brother... Like his girlfriend is the one who's running this whole she's the one who's trying to bring Halloween back and they seem pretty hot and heavy like they've been dating for a hot minute. Even he didn't know about Michael Myers. Yeah. She never told him. What? What? Tell me, kids, how's it feel to finally pull Halloween out of the proverbial Haddonfield closet? What we're saying here is we will no longer let the powers that be control our minds. For years, Halloween has represented everything that's wrong with Haddonfield. But Michael Myers is long gone. There is no boogeyman. Whoa! Does she get this riled up in the sack, Tim? I bet she wears crotchless panties and barks like a dog. Bet. What do you say, honey? You and me, yeah. As I was saying, we have to stop acting out of fear. Just look at Tim's family. They live in the Myers house. You do? You do? Uh, yeah, we do. Great house. Hmm. Strong wood. I see. You mean to tell me you actually live in the house of the most brutal mass murderer in history? This is the Barry Sims Show. And when we return, we'll be coming at you live from the one, the only, Myers House. How's that for a Halloween chuck bit? <laughs> there, I don't, I don't know. Like, honestly, dude, I have like four pages of notes about this movie, <laughs> like straight up. And like, if we weren't covering several, I'd really deep dive into like all my issues and stuff like that. But like, I think overall, my my problem with six is just that, right? Is like, I think there were so many internal factors with like production and actually creating this movie that when this dropped as like kind of the ending to or the culmination of six movies worth of just lore and knowledge and character developments, character deaths, and just this story moving forward, for it to just end on this very lackluster, just fizzle, 
it ruined me, man. I was I was upset it's, after six. It's embarrassing because <laughs> yeah, they've they've been really building up this storyline at least over three movies. You know, we've we've had this huge build up, this huge question mark. And then this is the answer. And to have this is the answer, I mean, you leave more confused than you've ever been about Michael Myers. You're like, what is going on? Like, in what this did I town? just watch? What? There's a cult in the doctor. The doctor that was in charge of Michael has been leading it this whole time. What is the point of this cult? Why do they want to do this? Why are they? And then. And then, of course, this is the end of the Thorn trilogy. Or yeah. yeah. So, like, nobody, we never get any future information about this. And so it really feels like you get introduced to this person and then never see them again. And mm -hmm. you're just wondering, who, was that real? Did I dream meeting this person <laughs> or did that actually fucking happen? <laughs> and unfortunately, it happened. But it's it's just one of those things that I think, unfortunately, happens in a lot of franchises is you reach a point where they think that they need to add more to the lore rather than just let things be the way that they are and usually yeah. adding more to the story is the worst move you could do because if you add something that makes no sense or that contradicts or that is just dumb like now you've totally sullied what has come before that and that's what it feels like it's like okay the story of four and five to me feel really weird now knowing that this was the case because it's like yeah. oh four and five michael wants to kill michael wants to kill jamie michael wants to kill her so bad and then no the cult wanted jamie the whole time the cult can control Michael, but no, they can't because Michael goes in and like slaughters everybody. Slaughters all of what? Yeah. What is going on? Like, what the? What is going on? <laughs> it's yeah, and now not to, uh, of course, always want to give a little bit of pros with the cons here. It's like there, I think there are nuggets of things that could have worked overall in six, and I do agree that by six we did need some answers mm -hmm. and like that is what this movie should have been for is to answer some of these things of like why is michael doing the things that he's doing why is he indestructible like what's gonna happen post jamie's death like yes i do think by this time you want to tie up these loose ends but like you said the movie ends up adding more information than it does actually give you answers for things and i think by doing that, it just leaves you in the state of more questions that like by the end of it, you're just like, I like, what was the point? Yeah. Like, what was the point of even watching that? Like, honestly, the moment Jamie dies, I feel like could have just went to credits because <laughs> nothing else after that really mattered. Right? right. Like, right. And part of that, like we said, is because there are these huge gaping holes where they cut stuff out of and so now the story as a whole just isn't strong enough to stand on its own it's very confusing you will have these really quick cuts from moments to different scenes where you're like well what was the end of that moment what is that what did what yeah. is the like culmination of that? We never really get to see that. Tommy just steals a baby and decides he you're mine steals now. A baby. <laughs> he just takes a baby, and then even with Kara, 
he immediately is able to convince Kara to come over to his place and just hang out. And then her family all just gets killed <laughs> right away. Um, yeah. And I will say, I did like the mom's sequence. Like, I thought that was pretty cool as, as well. I I like the mom a lot. And I was that was one of the characters that I was sad when they yeah. died. I knew she was going to die. But I was so sad because, you know, she was she was down with the plan. She's like, no, 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 no. Okay, let me get my whole family out of here. This is some BS. We're, we're going to bounce. Yeah. Um, and it was unfortunate to see her go. Uh, but yeah, I think overall six just felt like a collection of unanswered uh, questions. Mm-hmm. And by the end of it, I, for the first time, I don't think I've ever said this on the podcast. I was like, yo, I think we desperately need a reboot. Like I understand why <laughs> Halloween had the reboot when it yeah. did, because there was nowhere to go from here. No. Honestly, like we were this was this was the end. This was the dead end for this for this plot line. Completely backed themselves into a corner with this plot. Like there was no yeah, there was nowhere to go from here. It's like okay, well now we've introduced all this stuff. Either we continue to go down this crazy path, or we just yeah start from from fresh and just keep Michael going <laughs> in a different direction. Because yeah, we get this ending where first of all, um, whoa 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 whoa, overload on the strobe lights. That was yeah, crazy. We did not care at all about epilepsy, did we? That not was even a little nuts. bit. Oh my gosh, I had to look away. I, this well was yeah. way too much. I could not believe that. Like this movie straight up needs an epilepsy warning on it. Like a huge genuinely. And the biggest letters they can put them in cuz that was <laughs> crazy. It lasts for super long and it's so stroby. And mm-hmm. it so does not need to be. Why is that even happening? Why is there like a, a disco happening in the middle of this? <laughs> it's like there's like a rave going on while these people are late nineties. Late nineties. You know we did these things. <laughs> oh my god, it looks crazy though. But and then they try and do this thing where, oh yeah, Tommy, Tommy takes him out. Why? I mean, <laughs> good for him. But I will say. I'm not mad that Tommy came back. I mean, it's kind of cool to see to see that story come back around. Right. But you can't tie Tommy to Michael in the same way that it feels it feels satisfying when it's like Lori battling Michael. For some reason, Tommy battling battling Michael just did not hit for me in any way, shape, or form. It could have also been because I just honestly was sat there just astounded at the fact that everybody just left him behind and said, good luck. I hope you, you I hope this. you beat him. Like everyone just completely left him. Um, and but I that mean, that styrofoam looking pipe <laughs> that he had in his hand. Okay. The way they did like the flashes and Paul Rudd's little smirk as he was beating <laughs> him up. Oh God. It really, it really got to me. I just could not take it seriously. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> but I mean, as you can tell, overall, I'm not a big fan, not at all. Uh, but did spur the reboot. Yes. Um, which uh, I'm actually excited to talk about these next two because mm-hmm. um, I think we have some. I'm sure we're gonna have some fun conversation. Yes. Uh, so shall we slip into 20 years into the future from Halloween One? I believe. Yes, yes. Let's do H2O, which, yes, picks up from, well, Halloween 1 and 2. And 2. Our, and two, our sorry. canon in H2O. However, 
fuck Jamie and her friends because they do not matter in this movie. None of that shit happened. <laughs> nope. Retcon yeah. straight out of there. Four, five, and six. Goodbye. <laughs> but now we're going to be talking about Halloween H2O or Halloween H20, however you want to say it. Uh, the 20 years later story. Uh, this one coming to us in 1998, directed by Steve Miner, uh, with a screenplay by Robert Zappia and Matt Greenberg, starring a returning Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode, Josh Hardnett as John, LL Cool J as Ronnie, and Chris Durand as The Shape of Michael Myers. 20 years after the events of the second film, Laurie Strode has gone into hiding. Having faked her own death, Laurie, now Carrie Tate, lives out her days as headmistress of Hillcrest Academy, a private boarding school in Summer Glen, California. Her son John also attends Hillcrest, along with his girlfriend Molly and their two friends Charlie and Sarah. Although Lori has found a new life, she is still haunted by the events of her past, and every Halloween, she fears for Michael's return. But this year, those fears are warranted, because back in Langdon, Illinois, Michael returns to the home of the late Dr. Loomis and steals the file with Lori's new whereabouts. As most of the students head to Yosemite for Halloween, Michael finds his way to Summer Glen and infiltrates the school. John's friends are brutally murdered, and he and Molly barely escape with their lives as Lori and Michael meet face to face for the first time in 20 years. Michael slays Lori's lover and school guidance counselor Will and pursues Lori, John, and Molly. The trio manage to escape, but Lori stays behind, poised to face off against her brother. After a brutal confrontation, Lori emerges the victor. But before she can strike the finishing blow, she is stopped by the security guard Ronnie, who had presumably died. The police arrive and prep to transfer Michael, but before they can, he is kidnapped by Lori. After a violent crash and a sibling moment, Lori beheads Michael, ending his reign of terror once and for all. Roll credits. Alright, baby, we back. We back. We back. H2LL Look. LL said I wit I dare you guys to kill me. Bet you you won't. <laughs> Bet you I'll pop up from not only a shark's mouth, but being from being shot in the face. In the face. <laughs> Yo, shout out to the rapper era of horror movies. Yeah. What a wild time to be what alive. A time. That's a character that should come back. Um <laughs> I love, I love though that they had to throw in that line later where he's like, Yeah, the bullet just grazed my head. Cause they <laughs> yeah. had to somehow they explain knew. it they away. Knew. <laughs> they knew. Um, but yeah, it so H20 or H2O, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we're picking up 20 years later with now. 
Laurie Strode is back, mm-hmm. but she's changed her name. She's now Carrie. Uh, what was Tate. it? Is Carrie? Say again. Tate. She is now Carrie Tate and has hidden away from Michael and is a uh, headmistress mm-hmm. at a school. Yeah, at a boarding school. At a boarding school, which I like this idea. Like, and. I think for a starting of a revamp, the idea that Lori went into hiding after all the events of everything that happened in the first two movies is pretty smart. It's mm-hmm. a good idea. I love this is my favorite version of Lori is in mm-hmm. this movie. I love her in this because it just I do agree. Like, why wouldn't she try and, you know, start a new life, but still do so? In a very cautious way, she's obviously still very traumatized by the effects that by the events that have happened. And also, too, I like that is this idea of, OK, we're kind of picking up with her where Halloween is rolling around. And you can really assume that every year for Halloween, as Halloween gets closer, the more paranoid, the more. She gets really, really protective and over the top in in the viewpoint of her son who yes she has a son now um john played by josh hartnett and i like which it was so fun to see him in this i was i don't know why i wasn't expecting that because you can see him on the poster right. but still i was just like oh no way no, you're but in this? still yeah because we have him michelle williams is in this michelle williams joseph gordon joseph gordon levitt is in, is in this for not very long he gets killed pretty Mm-mm. quickly but it's still fun to see baby joseph gordon levitt um in the beginning of this but yeah, I don't know. I just I just love this Lori who is trying really hard to have some semblance of a life, but then is also so ready to scrap as soon as Michael comes back. Because what I appreciate yep. about this Lori is that we've seen that Michael has kind of, I mean, even from one to two, we've seen that Michael learns from what happens and and gets smarter and and gets better. But Mm -hmm. so is Lori. Like, I like how they made her really clever in this one. And she, at this point in time, knows Michael just as much as he knows her. And so she's kind of like anticipating his movements and what he's going to do like he anticipates hers. And I love their back and forth, their battle, because I like that they kind of have taken her from this character in the first and the second one who was very much a young girl who was scared and and didn't know how to handle this situation and whose first instinct was to run and hide understandably and then taken her into this woman who now instinct is to confront and make sure mm-hmm. that this never happens again like i just love that switch yeah, absolutely. Like, I really, really love Lori in this one. I agree with you. I love how strong she is. I love that she's a lot more fearless this time around. The character arc for her here just makes a lot of sense. And I feel like it's definitely giving me Sydney Prescott vibes. Um, honestly, overall, this particular Halloween, I feel like you can really see the inspiration from Scream. And I think it works very well, actually. Um, they even make a nod to it because I think Scream is like playing at some point on a TV yeah, screen. Yeah, Scream, somewhere Scream in there. 2 is playing, yeah, when they're in, in, their, in their dorm room or whatever. 
Nice. But yeah, like, I think it really kind of captured the same vibe. And I thought that that was very refreshing because especially after watching, you know, five and six, you're like, okay, I need a, I need something different. Mm-hmm. Like I need, I just need a different something, something, something different vibe, yes. different energy. And I think that this one actually gives it. And um, the setup is simple, but clever enough to work for the entire movie. I like that it's all taking place at this one location. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I want to say it's a little far-fetched that Michael was able to find Lori, but I'm not honestly going to harp on that too much. Um, but I do want to, something that you said, um, it was around this movie that I started to pick, or it's around this movie that it started to become clearer for me is what about Michael makes him different from other big killers? I know I talked about this a little bit last episode, Mm -hmm. um, but especially between like him and Jason, right? I think what I started to appreciate at this time about Michael is that intellect that you were Mm -hmm. talking about before is he's got all the same like strengths as Jason in a way. But unlike Jason, who's just kind of like this hulking force that can't be stopped. Like Michael thinks about the things that he does. Like he makes plans, he schemes. And that combined with like his superhuman strength, I think that's what really makes him super scary. Mm. And as somebody who's never been like a huge Michael Myers fan, I feel like in this one, you really got to see a lot of his scheming potential, a lot of his planning. And I was here for it. I was like, yeah. okay, Michael, kind of big and yeah. bad in this one. Because I would say even with, I honestly feel like for this one, like him finding her in this one, to me, makes the most sense out of the other times that he's found people somehow. <laughs> um, only because I love the setup of this movie. I think it was awesome that they brought back um, Marion, the nurse mm-hmm. from the original one. And how it's this idea of like, really, Michael didn't know where, J- where Lori was because she had faked her death. But he did know where Loomis was. And so yeah. I like how it's like, oh, he breaks into the house. He steals the file. And then from there, he kind of like makes his way to where to where Lori is. Like, I, I love that whole setup. I think that that's a really fun way to start the movie off. Also, I, hearing Mr. Sandman every time at the beginning of this movie, it's immediately, immediately I'm dancing um, mm-hmm. because... The nostalgia. That song slaps. It was smart to do that. It ties it back into the second one. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, an easy way for us to realize that, like, okay, we're connected to one and two for sure, um, because it just is like a nice, a nice little through line. And I think what this one does successfully that not all of the Halloweens have done, especially for bringing Lori back, is it does a good job of weaving the new characters in with the story that we've already gotten. Like I love all of the supporting characters in this. I think that mm-hmm. they're I think that they're really fun. I think that they fit into this this universe. I even I like that we kind of follow her son and his friends and that's part of what we're following, but then I I also feel like they give appropriate time to Lori and her story. And yeah. one of my favorite sequences of any Halloween is the the um the dumbwaiter like where with the girl and she like oh gets yeah. onto the dumbwaiter to go up and then he like stabs her leg and then when she's trying to crawl off he cuts it and it breaks and it just her cr- leg breaks her leg oh 
that's a great that's a great sequence it's like one mm-hmm. of my favorites because it's so brutal and the way that he's just like injuring her up until he kills her um i don't know why he's strung her up like christmas <laughs> lights but you know it's, the, it's not about winning it's about sending a yeah. message <laughs> michael likes his flair every now and again <laughs> but yeah that's a great sequence and then I always love, of course, the moment when Laurie and Michael finally come like face to face, if you will, mm-hmm. after so long and they see each other through that little through the little, little door uh, window. Hole. Yeah, door yeah. window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's a great moment. And I mean the the entire fight slash chase sequence between the two of them is just so much fun. It's such a joy. Um, honestly, one of my issues with the movie at first was like mm-hmm. the kind of low body count. However, I think the quality of the kills and the fact that we get this whole sequence with Lori and Michael later on really makes up for that for me. Because um, watching her 1v1 Michael is just such a treat. It's mm-hmm. so much fun. It's so good. It's so good. It's yeah, because that's the fight you've been waiting for because mm-hmm. we've never gotten to see Lori and Michael go head to head like this. And and you don't and you haven't had a chance over these last few movies even to to see Michael go up against someone that he's so evenly matched against because she's been preparing for him and waiting for him for so long. Like mm-hmm. she is ready to to rumble and she does a good job with it she's she's very 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 aware that if she's gonna go after him she's got to go after him with like everything she's got and i also like that she is also very aware that like if she continues to run he's gonna follow because it's her and so i like how she locks herself in almost with him yeah. And says like, okay, we're either you kill me or I kill you. That's kind of the Look, way it is. From a survival logical standpoint, I wrote this in my notes too. Dumb idea. Right. Like it, in terms of like I'm trying to live, I thought it was a dumb idea. But for the hype and for the fight, I was here for yeah. it. I was like, yeah, let's do it. Go let's ahead. let's go ahead. Go ahead and lock it. I will. And they scrapped. They they, they threw hands. And I, I was eating up yeah. every minute of that screen time. Um, now, granted, they do in this one introduce this whole Michael coming down from the rafters thing, which he does repeat again in the next movie, <laughs> which I don't know how I feel so much about that choice. It's but... silly. It's a little silly. <laughs> but overall, still, the fight was really good. Mm-hmm. Like, I like that it went like throughout basically the entire school, it felt like. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the finishing combo. Of her just stabbing the heck oh, out of Michael yeah. and then knocking him off that balcony. And then, man, see, not have not seeing this movie before, I was pissed as hell about Ronnie because, you know, that's my boy LL. Mm-hmm. I, I was mad that they did him dirty like that. But the rage, the pure unadulterated rage that came over my body when this man came in and was like, he's dead. Like, he's dead. Ronnie, I was like, Ronnie, if you don't shut your If you don't mind right your now. motherfucking business <laughs> and let Lori need do what she needs to do, that was dumb. I do hate that they did that because I feel like they could have found another reason for her not to finish what she was doing. Because I'm like, ain't no fucking way that Lori would allow some man to come over being like, oh, he's he's dead. He's dead. 
no and i get it like she kind of rectifies it later because she she it's very clear that she's like nah 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 but i just thought it was dumb it's just a silly move to have him come back and and stop her why would you stop her dude just let her do what she needs to do yeah that that was really strange to me um with the rectifying situation all of that was dope yeah and i don't want to I don't want to go on to the flip side of it because that's moving into resurrection. So I don't want to talk too much about like the reveal portion of it, but for the stuff that we see in this particular movie and what we're given here, this idea that at the end, she's like, you know what? No, 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 no. I'm going to finish the job. I love that. And I love that choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this ending is super cool. I love just seeing her do what needs to be done. And it's cool to see Michael in such a vulnerable position because Mm -hmm. we've never really gotten to see him like this, kind of just being knucked and bucked and thrown around and not having really any control of what's going on. I love that. I love seeing that. And also, too, going back to what you said earlier, I do the school, I think, is just such a cool location. It makes for a really dynamic location. I feel like the school is what I wanted the hospital to be in the sense of even though we're in a school, it feels like every area that we're in could be a different location because you have that basement that almost feels like a boiler room. And then you have the kitchen, you have the dorms, you have the hallways, the classrooms, everywhere feels like a new environment. You have the courtyards, Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Whereas in the hospital, I mentioned I was kind of disappointed because everything feels so similar. Um, But I really appreciate the school as a location because you have so much room to navigate, but at the same time, you feel enclosed because really you're in just one space, but you're able to utilize that space in so many different ways. And I thought that that was awesome. Oh, another sequence that I love too is when Molly and John, when they're running away and they get trapped in that door in the fence. That's a oh, cool yeah. scene. Like I, they're, I think this movie is just riddled with some really, really neat sequences where Mm -hmm. even if maybe you don't love the movie as a whole there are some really great moments that i think are just worth going back and re-watching yeah and also if you're doing what kind of we're doing and watching them in chronological order to get a movie that's so just like cut and dry most of this makes sense you know logical beginning middle and end for things i think the pacing is really good like going from the setup of like he finds out where she is, he gets to where she is. You give a reason why there's only so many people in the school at this point. And then from the moment that he infiltrates the school, it's just a game of survival between the people left in the school and Michael. You don't overcomplicate things and you let the characters play in this universe that you've already created. I think it really allows this movie to shine and give some great moments and some great sequences in, like you said, an environment which this school is dope. Mm-hmm. It's got so it's got so many different nooks and crannies that you can play with. And I think overall, it just keeps you entertained from start to finish. And it's also got that glot, that new age gloss too of like technology's advanced a little bit more so like the movie in itself it looks prettier than past halloweens that we've seen some of the kills can be a little bit gorier because the technology has advanced enough for us to do this stuff Mm -hmm. and i think overall as far as like initial reboots go this is a pretty damn good one 
it's pretty freaking good. Um, I will say, Lori, I don't quite understand her logic. If I was Lori, every time Halloween rolled around, I would just go out of the country. I would go on <laughs> vacation. And I know I don't understand why she thinks it would be better for her son to be with her on Halloween the Michael's one true target than to send him away. Cause if he had been in Yosemite, my boy would have been fine. Yeah. It'd been a, okay. It would have been having a grand old time. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that makes a lot. Cause like if you just flew somewhere, I mean, like, if you're in the Bahamas, if Michael found you there, then at that point I'd be like, look, there go, ain't nothing you could do. Go ahead and kill me. Cause you deserve it. Yeah. Because what's he going to do? Buy a ticket. Right. <laughs> Um, and also with the like ending thing too, uh, or sorry, with the ending sequence as well, um, her getting to lop Michael's head off. That's just such a satisfying little moment there. I definitely replayed that two or three times <laughs> just to see it like, damn, you really, yeah. you really went for that one, huh, Lori? Oh, she, um, she did not hesitate. She put all mm -mm. her whole back into it. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it, Lori. Yeah. <laughs> she did. Um, now the, the whole, like Michael kind of pleading for help and all that stuff. Again, it bleeds into resurrection. So we'll talk about it here in a mm -hmm. second. It did feel off for me in the moment. And even with the context of resurrection, I'm like, okay, I just like, it was just, it was a weird little blip in that very interesting sequence of events. Um, my question though, is like, Look, she knows that he's not dead and she's trying to finish the job. I get all that. I'm I'm down with it. Where were you going though? Like where was she driving to? You know? I guess she was <laughs> I guess she just thought I'm gonna drive until he wakes up. But I don't know. I don't know. Because you smooth could have just drove around the corner, right. just like hacked up his body while he was still in the bag and then just kind of wandered back in. I don't know why nobody ever tried to just slash him up into little pieces whilst he was unconscious. Because this time, boy was unconscious for a hot minute, it seemed. So... It seemed, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, she she was driving for, for, for a smooth second. I think this was just... This was Lori's Loomis moments <laughs> where she just was a uh, brain empty no thoughts only just michael going, just <laughs> yeah. going for it like and, and again it's, it's a small nitpick because i overall for the most part really enjoyed this movie mm -hmm. so like even that sequence i was like i don't know what your plan here is but man i am having fun watching you do it so yeah, go ahead Laura, but i do love your thing. this for you of course that leads us into a slight wrench in the plans uh, that gets yes, revealed in Halloween 8. <laughs> A.K.A. Resur Halloween Resurrection. Resurrection. Which, before we get into, I will let you know that although I said I only saw the first two Halloweens, Turns out, You've seen this I one. have actually seen Halloween Resurrection. Not only have I seen Halloween Resurrection, I've seen Halloween Resurrection multiple times. That does not surprise me because they used to play Resurrection on TV a All lot. All the time. A lot. All the time. So, equally to you, Resurrection is one of the ones that I've seen the most because the way that they were... <laughs> the airtime that this bitch was eating up, like, I was always <laughs> watching this movie. Yep. Yeah. 
So, all right, moving into our last movie of the episode. We're talking about Halloween Resurrection coming to us in 2002, directed by Rick Rosenthal, starring a once again returning Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode, Bianca Kajlik as Sarah, Busta Rhymes as Freddie, and Brad Laurie as The Shape of Michael Myers. Three years after the attack on Hillcrest Academy, Lori has been institutionalized at the Grace Anderson Sanitarium after killing a man she thought to be her brother Michael. Ravaged by guilt, Lori lives a quiet life within the confines of her room. But on Halloween night, Michael returns and attacks the facility in his search for Lori. The two make it to the roof where Michael falls prey to one of Lori's traps. But when she tries to remove his mask, Michael manages to stab her and throws her off the roof where she falls to her death. One year later, college students Sarah, Bill, Donna, Jen, Jim, and Rudy win a competition to appear on the internet reality show Dangertainment, hosted by Freddie Harris and Nora Winston. Each of the students is tasked with spending a night in Michael's childhood home to find clues about the killer's motives. All equipped with head-mounted cameras, the group enter Michael's home and begin their search. Unfortunately, they are not alone. Unbeknownst to them, Michael has been living under the house since Lori's murder and begins killing each of the contestants one by one. By the time the group and viewers realize the killings are real, only Sarah and Freddy are still alive. Aided by Sarah's friend Deckard, who is watching the stream, Freddy and Sarah do their best to evade Michael and look for an escape. They make it to the garage, where they battle against Michael, presumably killing him in an electrical fire that burns down the Meyer house. Freddie and Sarah are interviewed by the local news and Michael is sent to the morgue where we end on Michael once again rising from the dead. Roll credits. Okay, so... We were doing so well, Resurrection. Erica. We were doing so well. Resurrection. Resurrection is silly. <laughs> it's very silly. But the craziest thing about it is, like, they rebooted it. H H2O had things back on track. But then Resurrection is a continuation of H2O. So it mm -hmm. sucks because... Within that timeline, resurrection is a part of that timeline. Yeah. The end and it, of that timeline. <laughs> <laughs> That's as far as they got. Because th <laughs> these fools had the audacity to do Lori like that. How dare they? Yeah. How dare they? I was oh. so upset. And like, Grant, I've seen this a couple of times, but the the first sequence, I think maybe I missed that because maybe I hop into the movie late when it pops in the TV. Mm -hmm. So I think I've just missed the Lori portion or the weight of that never really clicked for me because I hadn't watched the other ones. But dude, dude, so 
It's just come on. It is out of pocket. And now the granted, drop, the, the kiss, the kiss, the kiss. What was the kiss? Oh, and then he kissed me. Yeah, the kiss was <laughs> weird. So, and and Jamie Lee Curtis. Now, granted, this is how she wanted it. She did want to be killed in this movie. She wanted to be killed oh, okay. off right away. Okay. Um, so that was fulfilling a wish. Yeah, and honestly, good choice. Right, good choice. it was the best thing we could have done. Okay, so let's go ahead and get into this reveal that happens at the very beginning. Um, yeah. Which honestly, if I had, if I would have seen this movie in theaters, like if I was older at the time and was maybe a long-standing Halloween fan, and I had waited from H two O to this one, and I went and saw this in theaters, and this reveal happened, I would have thrown up. Right away. <laughs> right away, I would have been sick. I would have been sick. I mean, obviously, Michael Wood came back, so there was had to have been some reason. But I just thought that that was preposterous. So they say that the reason that Lori is now in a psych ward is because she killed the wrong person. Michael, at one point in time in the previous film, had done a little switcheroo broken the larynx of a paramedic and then put the mask on him switched clothes why was this paramedic the only one in the room why did michael have so much time <laughs> to do all that and so then michael uh, kind of walked away walked out and about maskless and so the person for the whole ending that super sick ending that we were just just giving all of our praise to you, that was just some random man. <laughs> that was just some guy. <laughs> just some guy. And, you know, I give it to some guy. Um, he's pretty durable for being just some guy. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> for just being a man, a guy, a regular, regular employee who clocked in that evening, this guy is still kicking and fighting and seeming pretty okay for being like thrown through a windshield, knocked off of a cliff, pinned to a tree by a van, <laughs> and he's still okay. He seems fine. Not only that, we get a lot of moments where we see the eyes of this man. Those eyes are dead. There's no please, <laughs> no screams, no help me's. Those eyes are just stone cold blank. And it's mentioned that he couldn't say anything. Could he not just take the mask off? Off? <laughs> and say, hi, um, I'm a 40-year-old <laughs> guy with a mustache um, like, lady i don't know you please right. don't throw that axe at my neck at least just take the mask off i mean granted she doesn't know what michael looks like but i feel like it would have she would have paused if she if you took your mask off and made some kind of a gesture regular normal human like a don't no, don't kill me like sort yeah, of like, like a, I, even if you can't say it <laughs> you can wave your arms and be like hey because Michael ain't ever done that. Right. Never... <laughs> Michael doesn't have emotions. So if you at least, if you at least did something, all I'm saying is Ariel made Prince Eric fall in love with her. She couldn't say shit. You can at <laughs> least, at least get Lori to realize, to maybe pause. I just, I just think it's ridiculous. And like, yes, you needed some way 
for Michael to be here. I get it. I understand that. And yeah, it probably would have been a pretty hard sell to explain how Michael came back from having his head severed <laughs> from his body. I hear you. I'm with that. But the way you just retconned a very a perfectly good movie and perfectly good ending in such a icky fashion right. it just didn't sit well with me and then to immediately do what you do with Lori afterwards and then thrust us into this new story i'm already in disbelief of what i just saw yeah i can't even absorb these new characters that i'm supposed to be meeting right now i'm upset and then to then introduce us to sarah our new final girl Mm-hmm. She is plain toast, no butter, no jam, <laughs> nothing. Just someone put a dry piece of bread in front of you and said, bon appetit. That is what Sarah feels like. They gave her, at this point in time, they basically gave us the most basic final girl version and added on maybe a little bit of, oh, she's scared easily is like the only extra little bits and bobs that we get about her. It's yeah, like, oh and she gosh. has a really great scream, yeah. I guess, according to Busta Rhymes. Um, right. Also, I find it so funny. It's going back a little bit, but I just find it so funny that the first name that pops up in the credits is Busta Rhymes. <laughs> I know. They gave him top billing. The, he, he had first name on there he had so much screen time so oh many lines God. he had fight scenes he out the wazoo dude popping up out of nowhere every five seconds he's like woo-ha <laughs> i got you all in check it's like dude just go somewhere please that character is absurd <laughs> look i now he is freddie's absurd but after you spend enough time with him, he started to grow on me well, by the end. <laughs> I was about to say, he is absurd, but nobody else could have played that character but Buster Rhymes. Like, True. For some True. reason, him being it works. I feel like if anybody <laughs> else was playing that character, it wouldn't have worked. Mm-hmm. No, I 100% agree with you. Now, Tyra Banks, on the other hand, that could have been anybody. That could have been anybody. It... <laughs> <laughs> see a Tyra there again. <laughs> I'm like, Tyra, how'd you make it into this? They didn't even kill your ass on screen. How, how, how'd, you, how'd you get in here? They couldn't. Have you seen her death scene? Hmm? Have you seen her death scene? It's no. on YouTube. You can find the deleted scene. It oh, is, no. It's so, it's so, it's so bad. It's for the best. Really? That they that they got rid of it. It's oh, ridiculous. I'm gonna, have to look that, I'm gonna have to look that up. Give give me the, the the quick breakdown. What happened? Basically, so I think it was supposed to happen around the time that the girl or that they had discovered the the underground caves where Michael had actually been living, and uh -huh. she's like watching it on camera. And so Michael comes up behind her. She thinks that it's Freddie. She doesn't turn around. He puts a cord around her neck, and she goes, "Freddie, stop!" And then he starts pulling on it, and she's like, "Stop!" And then he lifts her. With the cord still around her neck, and then we just kind of watch her like, like <laughs> for a while, and that's it. It's only forty; uh, okay. it's like forty seconds long. It was very okay. short, but you know that it's bad if they said, "Now that we can't put that in the movie, but everything else can stay." <laughs> <laughs> everything else can stay. Fair, fair. And now, look, I, I don't like this movie, but I don't think it's actually all bad mm -mm. because. 
I think what I dislike most about this movie is really just the first half. Like, I think <laughs> it's bad to say, but I think once most of the people die, I really start to enjoy the movie a lot. Yes. Well, because this movie is successfully so bad, it's good. It's so ridiculous mm. that this movie is at least fun, despite the fact that it's not a good Halloween movie. It's a fun movie. I enjoy watching yeah. this movie because it's so silly. Whereas other movies, maybe three, where it it kind of teeters on that line. It doesn't lean enough into the silly for me. This one does. Now, yeah. I don't think they meant for it to. But because of how it is, it's bad. And that makes me happy. Yeah. I mean, I'm not happy that this is how they like took this new direction. <laughs> but right. but. If this is what we're going to have, I'm glad that it's at that it's at least fun. Yeah, and true. And like the the kills themselves and like the fights and stuff, they weren't all that bad. I was just so annoyed with the whole camera gimmick. Yes. That was that's plaguing the first half because it just doesn't look good. It's just so annoying every time you see it. And what's worse is like it looks okay when you're watching it from the party perspective and you're watching like the security cameras, but when you're doing these single shots, watching it from people's POVs, it's just so bad. And it takes me out every time it happens. I'm like, just yeah. cut away, go to something else. It's so annoying. It's, it's yeah, they really lean into that as well. Oh, isn't this cool? But it just completely takes you out of it because it's it. They use it at times when you just want to see what's going on. You just want to be able to tell what's going on and you can't because everything looks super grainy and, and it's glitching like it's a webcam and it's, very very frustrating because there's no rhyme or reason to it there's really no reason for them to cut to the camera pov at certain times and they do yeah. it anyways <laughs> and also a lot of the camera cutouts just kind of happen periodically just because not because any force or michael is like doing anything to him like sometimes it's because you know michael killed somebody or something like that but there will be cameras just going out and short circuiting it's just just because just because yeah. Just because it felt like it. And it's, I mean, it's, a, I like the, the premise of it is, is, is kind of cool. I like that. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's a reality TV show and, and you can watch them go through the house. That's cool. And then even, even, I, I even like the idea of how, oh, Freddie kind of um, manipulates the situation and they doll the house up and add all this extra yeah. shit that's not like I think that that's a, a pretty fun idea and, and clever to a certain degree because I kind of like that they're playing into the legend and the lore of Michael Myers and kind of making fun of that but then realizing oh shit it's true but the 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 camera idea, the reality show idea, I feel like it's really muddled down and becomes almost a weight to this movie rather than a plus because to me, it feels fresh for the beginning. And then yeah. the longer that it goes on and we're kind of past that reality show premise is when I feel like they don't know what to do. And so then they have this whole ending where we're decker is is giving her the guide <laughs> to get through the house which is just so i mean i just feel like there's no suspense there because we're just sitting there literally waiting for him to type out 
he's in the hallway and then run to the window it's like oh and then the one part where he just he just messaged them he's in the house in the house and then he's standing right behind them it's like you couldn't have been a little bit more specific (laughs) hey you know these are the early days of the internet they got them load times (laughs) it was a little laggy it was a little laggy uh, yeah, I think like the premise in itself and for like w- when this movie came out, I do think they work pretty well in tandem, but it was just some of the stylistic choices that took me out of it for sure, especially with the camera stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like those brief moments in between, though, like when we're just in the house, we're watching Michael chase someone with a normal fucking camera lens and like some of the wacky fights that some of the characters have with Michael. I love, oh, what's his name? The chef guy. Oh my gosh, uh, Rudy. <laughs> Rudy. I I love Rudy's whole sequence with Michael. Mm-hmm. Mostly because like, I think Rudy's death is probably the death I've seen the most out of like my TV watchings of this. Somehow I always just seem to clock in around the time that Rudy gets killed. Um, but the fact that both he and Busta get to 1v1 and actually fight and aren't just the first black people dead. Yeah. I appreciate that. I will I will take that little W where I can find it. That's fair. Uh, I, I will say, let me ask you this, because I always get confused by Rudy's death. What is happening with his hands? Like, what is Michael doing? See, I always think he, like, breaks them yeah. and then stabs him. But I guess he's breaking them and then using them to stab himself i Mm. guess because like he gets stabbed twice right and then the third time with a knife so the two you have to assume are his own knives so i I, i'm guesstimating that's what happens there but i think they don't show you for a reason because they probably weren't sure either (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's what it feels like because i always wonder that because yeah we just see his his reaction to what's happening and it's very very hard to tell what's going on because even if michael was breaking his hands i don't know rudy is just so stiff and so straight up like how are you being held up like that it just feels yeah. it just feels weird <laughs> the the physics of it are definitely kind of strange right. but uh the fact that me and man's is pinned to that door for the rest of the movie <laughs> it's it's a it's a fun little extra set piece mm-hmm. and i think again going back to the busta fight which um is legend if you've seen it yes. but <laughs> a little kung fu um, fight the kung fu fight look feel how you will about it but we got to see busta rhymes kick michael myers out of a window and for that, I am thankful. <laughs> I'm grateful for that. I will say, Mans is corny at the very end. That little thing that he says at the end, oh where he's my like, God. "Michael Myers is a he's, he's like, a shark <laughs> wearing baggy overalls, <laughs> baggy overalls, gets his kicks his rocks from from killing everything in his path." <laughs> like to be a hero, Sarah. Excuse me, how does it feel now that it's all over? What makes you so sure it's over? Excuse me. No more cameras. Entertainment is off the head. I'll just show some respect. Mr. Harris, would you like to make a statement? What can you tell us about Michael Myers? Michael Myers is not a soundbite, a spinoff, tie-in, some kind of celebrity scandal. Michael Myers is a killer shark 
baggy-ass overalls. He gets his kicks off of killing everything and everyone that he comes across. That's all. Done dancing for these cameras. After You're after so his whole cool. speech about like I ain't telling y'all nothing, yeah. I ain't saying nothing. <laughs> but how did you feel? Well, let me tell you something real quick. <laughs> Bro, it's so corny. Oh my gosh. Oh, but and he's like he's no having comment. a grand old time. Oh my god, though. yeah, he's so he probably felt so fucking cool that he got like the final little bit. Kind of, because mm -hmm. there's only like one extra scene after that. But oh my god, it's so <laughs> corny. I cannot take it seriously every time it happens. This Plus, like, I just feel like you can't. It's at least for me. It's so hard for me to hate Buster Rhymes in this movie because you can tell that he's having the yeah. time of his life. He's having like, a good time. He is. He is eating up this movie. He enjoys it and. Dang it again, like you said, there is no one else, literally no one else who could have played that role. <laughs> when he's like, when he's like, I left the back door unlocked for you to go help Nora in the garage. He's the one who gets Tyra Banks killed, basically. For real? He like leads Michael to <laughs> to her. Now what you do dress up yeah. as Michael? I'm, I'm Michael. Michael Myers. You can't be Michael. <laughs> oh my god. It's just so much. But yeah, he is just eating eating those lines up and then yeah i mean the group like the the characters are fine this movie to me feels like the most sexual out of the other halloweens in the sense that majority of our characters are just so horny yeah and i don't think we've really had so many of them horny at the same time <laughs> <laughs> so much horny yeah, energy at once all at once so this one to me always feels really sexual and then also too I feel like they had a hard time kind of figuring out now that Lori is gone. I feel like they had a hard time kind of figuring out like what they wanted to do with Michael's story. And exactly. so it just feels in that. So they come up with this whole thing of like, oh, he's been living underneath the house and and da 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 da. da. It's but once again, it gets into that. Why? Why? Why is yeah. he? Why, why is he living underneath the house? He could easily just, just live in the house. Live in the house, yeah. Or like, if you're gonna go down that route anyway, I'm just like, look, he kills Lori. Let me have some like midlife crisis for Michael then after he's <laughs> accomplished his goal of like, oh well, I did it. I killed her. Mm -hmm. I guess I'll uh, so I'll just go home. Maybe learn how to knit or mm -hmm. something like that. You know, like let it be like he was just chilling like down in the basement and then he heard a bunch of people upstairs he's like what the hell yeah <laughs> he just goes up there or something yeah and then he's like huh which i mean i guess is kind of what is what happens because i guess he is living there and then they decide to to come there but i don't know it just feels i will i will say i think out of all of the halloween movies and i'm gonna include that includes curse that includes mm -hmm. season of the witch out of every single one of them this movie to me feels the least Halloween as far as like it doesn't to me 
if this movie didn't take place on Halloween, it wouldn't change a thing. It doesn't yeah. even feel like it takes place on Halloween. The only reason that I would think that is because those kids are at a Halloween party. But like yeah. to me, this one feels the least about the holiday. Like it doesn't have that holiday like autumnal feel in the same mm. way that at least all the other ones have. Like it really feels like Halloween. And I think that's because even those ones, they get out on the streets at least every once in a while. Yeah. Um, but I would say that this one feels the least like that like this could have happened on fucking march march 2nd and i would have been like yeah yeah <laughs> that's true and and honestly outside of like the the whole like them trying to find clues about mike michael and like going through his house and whatnot overall like if they cut the lori portion out of the beginning and just replaced michael with any other mm -hmm. killing entity the movie would pretty much play out the same yeah. way so it's just like in that way it doesn't feel very precious in terms of like this is part of the overall canon because again with Lori dead it just feels like michael's kind of aimless mm -hmm. at this point like he doesn't really have a, a motivating factor anymore so yeah. now we literally have to just bring all of the prey to him otherwise he has no reason to go out and do anything at this point anymore right yeah, definitely. So, which is a big ass bummer because H two O was so some good. good stuff up. Yeah, it was yeah, fun. Yeah, H2O and so it's like another. So it's another uh, six in that way of just like you just put yourself at this brick wall at the end. There, it's like all right. Let's say that this is the canon and that we're going from here. Where are you going to go from here? Because mm -hmm. you have the fake out at the end or not the fake. Out, well, you have the the gotcha at the end where, you know, obviously he's still alive. He's always still alive. But if you had another movie in this particular timeline, what would you do? Right. Like where where would he go? What who would he be killing? Like there's nothing left. Right. You burned down the house. You're not even a house anymore. Yeah. Like, what are you going to yeah, do? Yeah, this house looks derelict as fuck. <laughs> like, it needs to just be demolished at this point, which they would have done by now. They yeah. would have just demolished it. Cause, true, dude, true. Michael comes back to it every fucking year. Just get rid of the house, <laughs> maybe. Um, but, yeah, yeah. It's... Uh, resurrection is ridiculous luckily for me it's ridiculous in a good way but still as far as like a halloween movie goes it's gonna rank pretty low just because you're right it's very they very 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 much kind of just threw michael and the halloween theme in there just to to somehow make it make sense. And it does. Only just barely. <laughs> Only, just, Only barely just barely does it make sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, but with that being said, it was, like you said, fun. Mm -hmm. And a fun watch. It is honestly a fun watch. Yeah. I would watch it again just because they're not the whole movie, but sequences I mm -hmm. would always love to replay just because some of them are really fun. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah, I do wish that it had the same gloss that H2O had. Mm -hmm. would have been nice. Yeah. Um, instead, now we have to entrust everything to Rob's Rob Zombie. Yep. Rob Zombie's next. Rob Zombie, yep. and then our two latest installments will be next <laughs> next week. Which I am. I will say I am excited though to for you to watch those because we once again 
get another variation of Lori. Um, and actually, both the Rom Zombie one and the 2018, we've mm -hmm. got, we're going to get two more variations of Lori, which I'm excited to talk about. Ooh, same, same, same. But before we end, we've got to do our favorite and our least favorite. I have a sneaking suspicion that we're going to have the exact same choices for this. Um, <laughs> but why don't you go first? Hit me with your favorite and least favorite. All right. Well, I can tell you right now, least favorite is definitely going to be six <laughs> yeah. uh, for very obvious reasons. And then I can also tell you favorite is by far, by far going to be uh, H2O. Um, again, for very obvious reasons, but just, you know, overall, I understand what you were saying and probably what the collective idea is about this portion of the Halloween franchise and like how people feel about it, mm -hmm. because it's weird. This is a weird time for it. But I think maybe if you were watching these when they came out during that time, it would have been nice to like get that H2O reboot to like reinvigorate your love for the Halloween franchise um, and to see where it went from there. Um, I was really let down with five and six, unfortunately. Uh, five, not so much, definitely a lot with six. And then Resurrection, although a fun kind of like uh, comfort Halloween movie doesn't really mesh very well with mm -hmm. the rest of the canon and the story. So doesn't quite live up to that H2O vibe, but those are going to be my picks. What about you? Yeah, same. Six uh, was just way too confusing. It was just really all over the place. And so there was just nothing really for you to latch onto in that movie. So that mm -hmm. one was my least. And then, yeah, my favorite is H2O. It, I feel like, just feels really for the fans. Like, I think they do a great job of taking little bits and pieces from the first two and weaving them into a brand new movie and making it feel like it's really... A continuation of that story while also being a fresh take on the story so yeah that one for sure is leaps and bounds <laughs> ahead um as far as the ones that we we discussed to doubt um today um so yeah that is it for the halloween-a-thon part two halloween's five through eight like we said we will be back next week with four more for very very different halloweens <laughs> um but we are excited to talk to you guys again next week let us know your thoughts on the movies that we covered today which one is your favorite which one is your least favorite you can talk to us on our social media we are homies of horror on everything or if you prefer you can always slide into our discord that's where we hang out with the homies and have a little bit more in-depth discussions if that sounds like something you'd be into the link for that is in our social media bios and you can always email us we are homies of horror at gmail.com you can email us requests recommendations and business inquiries if you're listening to this on the day that it comes out, that means that it's Monday. That means we will be streaming on Twitch tonight. Um, Twitch is where we play some spooky games, chit chat with the homies, and usually go a little bit more in depth about whatever movies we discussed that day. So if that sounds like something you would be into as well, then please come and check out our Twitch stream. 
And last but not least, if you are so inclined, we'd very much appreciate it if you would leave us a rating or a review. You can do both on Apple Podcasts. The more ratings and reviews we get, the better. It recommends our show to more listeners. And we just like to hear what you're thinking. So if you have an Apple account and haven't done that yet, we would very much appreciate it. Or if you're listening on Spotify, super easy. Just go to our page right underneath our name. You'll see the stars. Click on that to rate us. But... That is it for us today, homies. We have once again survived Michael Myers, and we will be checking you out next time to see if we survive 9 through 12. Jeez. (laughs) That's a lot. (laughs) Catch you next time, homies. Bye.